Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, and welcome to the New European Podcast. What a week, Jerry. Uh. What, the heat? Or... <laughs> it's been an extraordinary week yeah. weather-wise, and it's also been an extraordinary week in Westminster. We will get to that with bells on. We will. We're going to try and speak to Steve later. Will we? Which will be exciting. Yeah, so we'll try and do that later on. He's in Spain, mm-hmm. but he is rocked by what went on the, the night of the Long Knives Part 2. Yeah. Or the um, Long Knives, if you... Uh, nice. Go by the... That's not, that's not me, I can't take no, it. I, but, I get it with the sun, I think. That's good, that's good. Uh, and w- I'll also be speaking to Mia Jankovic, mm-hmm. our brilliant new European reporter. She has decided she wants to talk about anything but Brexit, and who can I blame think that's her? That's fair, yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about what else Boris has got on his plate apples. Very good. <laughs> um, in a little while as well. But, Jerry, first of all, I think we should just uh, take a deep breath. Everyone should stay calm. No, I think we should panic, frankly. I think it's the only thing to do. Uh, so let's quickly recap, because we do know that some people come to us just for their news. They don't get their news anywhere else. They don't go on the BBC website. In fact, they don't go on the internet. No. They don't watch the news at six. They don't watch. They don't listen to the Today programme. Yep. They don't buy the Sundays. This is where they get their Brexit news. So if you are that person, Boris Johnson is Prime Minister. He beat Jeremy Hunt. By about two votes to one, really, all told, wasn't it? Yeah. I think he got about 90. He got about 90, and Jeremy Hunt got about 40, 45. So it wasn't even close. Not really. Not no. even close to being close. It was a romp. Yeah. And um, he is now Prime Minister. Did, what did you think of the. Um, the protests and stuff as he arrived to see the Queen. Did you see those? Yeah, I did. It was, it was funny yesterday, actually, because on so Wednesday I was in London, I was at Westminster, mm-hmm. and um, I was with a um, journalist friend of mine, we were walking past and we said, God, it's really quiet. There's no-one here protesting. Mm. Turns out it's because they were all at Buckingham Palace, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, well, there was a lot of protesting. I mean, I loved the Extension Rebellion protesters yes. because... I can imagine that the, the, these are young people. They feel very, um, they feel very uh, angry, and they want Greenpeace. The ones in the road. I thought it was Extinction Rebellion. <laughs> oh, they want the same things, don't they? I'm sure they're probably members of both. Yeah. Anyway, they ran across the. I imagine that before they were probably sat in the in the bull and last or something, having a having a, a cider. Yeah. And um, and they said, "What can we do? I know we will block the road." We will block the road, 
Good for them. I like a bit of peaceful protest. Yeah, I think it's too. brilliant. But they didn't probably take into account how wide... It's pretty wide, isn't it? The, the mall is. Yeah. Was it the mall or was it Birdcage Walk? I'm not no, sure, but anyway, not. yeah. And, I mean, it's a good, big old wide road, yeah. that. And they want quite enough of them, really. Not just, like, <laughs> you know, single-way and carriageway, is it? It's not the A14. <laughs> it's not they, the A14. They, 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 couldn't, they couldn't reach, could they, bless them? <laughs> um, but I thought, I thought, still in job. Well done for getting your, your point across there. And I imagine Boris was spooked a little bit, yeah. but he had to stop. No! Oh, oh no. no! I'm nearly there to see the Queen, and now this... <laughs> Your Boris impression gets better every week. Oh, pluffle, pluffle, pluffle. It's not very good, is it? Not the best. But I'm a queen's quite good. Yeah, go on. Hello. You be Boris, I'll be the queen. I can't. Hello, can I help you? <laughs> oh, you're... Oh, <laughs> not today. <laughs> Bing bong. <laughs> Boris calling. <laughs> um, what do you reckon the Avon lady ever went round to Buckingham Palace? Because, I mean, the, Buckingham Palace is a council house. Yeah. And Avon ladies would go around estates, of course, certainly in my youth, trying to sell their wares. Good I think for them. better wear. Better wear. I think yeah. better wear, prob- that's probably a bit late after Avon was fashion. Is Avon still a thing? Avon's still a thing, yeah. Is it really? Yes. If um, I knew this girl once and she, you know when, you, when you've when gone out for a big night out mm-hmm. and you wake up next morning and you sort of open one eye and go, uh-oh. What did I do? Mm. And in these days, you sort of go, uh-oh, what's on Facebook? Oh, no. What have I tweeted? Yeah, and, well, she lived in this house with a lot of other girls. She got really drunk, and she went back, and she decided to try all the Avon makeup on. For oh. One of the girls was an Avon lady, and then she woke up in the morning, and she had to obviously pay for all this. So she used to call out feeling the Avons. <laughs> I've got the Avons. <laughs> But yeah, it's very really cool, isn't yeah, it? I might, yeah. I'm, I did use it for a time. I might every morning. I've got it here. But I do <laughs> but how big often lipstick. Do you then have to tell that story to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I've told everyone now. Told everyone now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. So I, 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 I dare say uh, that was fun for the Extension Rebellion slash Green Police yep. slash whoever it actually was. Yeah. Uh, and then we had a protester who interrupted Theresa May's. Leaving speech. Pray, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. And Philip mentioned it, and she re- answered him yeah. as well. Well, he shouted "Stop Brexit," didn't he? And she said something along the lines of, "I don't think that's going to happen." I think, I think that's not. going to happen. Yeah. And Philip said it wasn't me. Yes, Philip. Oh, bless him. We shall miss Philip. Um, and then, of course, Boris arrived. Yes. What do you think of Boris's speech? Um. The more I hear Boris speak, the more I realise how Handsome. bad he actually is. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Chiseled. <laughs> oh. Someone off for a job. <laughs> um, no, thank you. Uh, you, know, you know, how terrible he actually is at speaking. Well, I'll come back to you on that. It's I... so difficult to quote. I Yes. I... <laughs> yes, it's true. I thought that his speech outside uh, number 10 was, was uh, as you would expect. Yeah. Um, but it was like policy. That's not normal. Not normal. But I guess he's not got much time. I he, guess. You know, he needs to. He needs to hit the ground running. You I mean, know, they're I usually there, aren't they, at the lectern, say hello, thanks, honour, etc., etc. And they're where in the there door. is disharmony, yeah. where there is discord, we shall bring harmony. Oh, very good. Um, yes, I mean, yes, an odd speech in that sense, uh, and 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 then in. His first address at the dispatch box mm-hmm. as Prime Minister. There's a lot of um, repetition to that initial speech, like you said, there was yes. some policy set out in there. Why well, do you feel like I've heard that speech three times now? Yeah, but he um, 
He wasn't as good as the, uh, the dispatch box as I imagined he, no. he might be, actually. He referred to the EU as the UK on at least two occasions, <laughs> which is confusing. Do you think he's got it mixed up? <laughs> Do you think we're leaving the UK? <laughs> Plaffle, plaffle, what? 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 No! No! We're not leaving the EU! We're leaving the UK! It's a stupid idea! We are the UK! No, Boris. It's the... Oh, no! I've been campaigning for the wrong thing! It's all the wrong... <laughs> It's all gone wrong. Oh dear, that would be an interesting get out, wouldn't it? I do find him this speech is quite difficult to follow because they are all over the place. He's yeah. here and then he's on to another subject mm. and then he's back to subject A and then he's on to subject C and then D and then back to A and then B and then you don't Just, really know uh, where uh, uh, Well, we're on that. Exactly. <laughs> um, my favourite boy speech is when he got the brick out. When he got the brick, yes. Yeah, that was, in, um, that was a conference three years ago now. I was there and it was very good. And he, I mean, he, you know, okay, I mean, good. Not, not good as in... Barack Obama good. It's entertaining. Entertaining, yeah. And that is a worry, isn't it? It is. Um, you know, G- Greece has elected a comedian. Mm-hmm. I think somewhere in the world, well, America, we had an actor mm-hmm. way back in the 80s, and now we've got a... Is it Hungary? A businessman. Hungary, Hungary have got a pop star. That's it. And we've got a clown. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all the gags. So listen... Um, I mean, that was only half the drama. In fact, that wasn't even half the drama. No. The real drama started at about seven o'clock when yeah, we started to get. I was trying to have a glass of wine. Well, I was just, I just couldn't, couldn't believe it. Now, obviously, we had been talking during the day and have had our own views, and I was, I wasn't sure that. Well, so, shall we jump in? Yeah, let's go. So I was, I wasn't sure that he was going to give Saji Javid uh, the chance because I thought that he might. Um, go for, for Liz Truss. We'll get onto her in a little bit. Simply because I thought what a statement it would be to have a female Chancellor. Yeah. Um, but he didn't. He's gone for Sajid Javid. A safe pair of hands? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's, uh, with, as with most of Boris's cabinet, there are only very few that haven't turned full Eurosceptic kind of shouting it from the rooftops. You know, I don't think any of them are obviously saying that we should remain, but a lot of them have gone completely the other way. So that's what Sajid Javid's done, isn't it? And, um, you know, you might you might have heard that he's the son of a Pakistani-born bus driver. We might be aware. <laughs> yeah, he has um, mentioned it. But, he, you know, he has got a kind of good history of, you know, humble beginnings and then really good making story. it. story. Yeah. Yeah. Really making it. And I think he was earning three million quid a year at, um, at Deutsche Bank and stuff like that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's absolutely had a, a stellar career from, you know, from very humble beginnings. Yeah. Um, he knows what a struggle is. Um, and, and, and I think the markets are pleased with that um, appointment. I think business will be quietly pleased with it. Obviously, they would prefer that there wasn't a, a Brexit cabinet in place. But I think, yeah, I think... As far as a, as a headline um, act, Sanjay Javid is first in the in the cabinet. Is a, is a good choice. One of my favourite little snippets. Yeah, about go on. Sanjay Javid though is yeah. um, he's so pro market. He once called ticket touts classic entrepreneurs. Yeah, well, he's not wrong. Well, um, it did tend to go swiftly downhill, though, didn't it? It did. Then, because next up we had Dominic Raab. Dominic Raab, as Steve likes to call him. Now, what a very odd man, frankly. Uh, yeah. a Very strange chap. He is now... I've got a few mates that fancy Dominic Raab this, a bit, and really? I don't see it. It feels like... Ah, this is interesting, because Steve said that his other half, Joe, the lovely Joe, she's got some friends, I think, who think he's attractive as well. 
Uh, is this that friends thing when it's actually you? Is it you and Joe? <laughs> fancy Dominic Brown? I wonder if it was a little bit like you know those women who write to murderers on death row. Yes. Is it a bit like that? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Raab is a terrifying politician. Yeah. Yes. I think we saw that uh, during the early days of the uh, Tory leadership election that he was way out of his depth, and now he's the foreign secretary. Yeah. Um, I cannot imagine what he is going to make of uh, you know diplomatic missions and meeting world leaders are, are really you've got you put Boris Johnson and Dominic Raab doing the charm offensive for for Britain you know his his kind of personality and how he deals with things aside his knowledge is lacking oh, you know, yeah. he, Man of or details. Didn't, didn't know anything about Calais, didn't know how much of a trade comes shocking. through there. Absolutely shocking. Uh, any 11-year-old in this country who's been to school should know the importance of the Dover to Calais yeah, crossing. Yeah. Um, and, and the Brexit secretary didn't. Yeah. I mean, what? Yeah. On earth? Also famously branded himself not a feminist. Not a feminist, right. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's woke. He's woke. Um, someone else... Next, who would probably say that she isn't a feminist either? Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty Patel. Yeah. Uh, Flashback to us all watching that plane on the plane tracker. <laughs> oh she, God! We yeah. all knew she'd been sacked, and oh, she was in the man. air. <laughs> I, I had a phone call from uh, the World at One this morning, oh, who right. wanted to interview me about Pretty Patel oh, because yeah. when um, Pretty Patel was uh, sacked, they did you know profile on Radio Four. They yeah. did they did. Pretty Patel, and they rang, they rang me to ask if I knew her or whatever, and and I did a little piece for them, and I, and I was I, I was listening back, I was really quite mean. Were you? I was, and they, and they clipped it in a certain way that made me sound like she's even sort of, meaner. Even meaner, yeah. I basically said she was as thick as mince, <laughs> and um, and that's I, I, and so anyway, that they we did a, when you do these things, you do a little pre-interview so they know what you're going to say, mm-hmm. and then they record it. Um, so I, I, this time I tried to temper it somewhat. I could tell where they were trying to go because they'd obviously, oh, we listened to you slagging her off on profile. Could you slag her off again <laughs> for us? Um, and, and my view of Pretty is this. Um, she uh, she is blindly, wildly ambitious yeah. beyond her skills. Yeah. She's clearly not deaf. She's not as no, thick as no, mince no, because she wouldn't got anywhere close to being an MP, no. never mind... And a successful woman, you know, in her own right prior to that. Uh, I have interviewed her. She's very nice and polite and quotable and friendly and smiley and lovely and smells great. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but it is... She is... If, if, you could, if you could use one person to categorise this cabinet, mm-hmm. uh, that what, and it isn't Boris Johnson, it's her. She is Boris in female form. Yeah. It's bluster and self-belief, and it has always just about got her through. Yeah. And, um... The irony of Pretty for me is her, you know, kind of backing capital punishment. Yeah, and, and she's never... I mean, well, I was just talking to Matt Kelly, the, the new European yeah. editor, about that. I mean, she said that on Question Time, I think it yeah. was. For quite early doors. Yeah. As soon as she was an MP, she wanted to be doing media. She was very clear yeah. that she was going to be a big hitter. Yeah. I asked her way back in... It would have been about two, 2012, probably. I interviewed her and I said, do you want to be Prime Minister? And she pretty much went, yeah. Yeah. Now, usually, for someone who's been an MP for two years, they sort of go, well, if the big job... You know, even Boris said, well, if the ball came out the back of the yeah, scrum. Yeah, yeah. She's just, yes. 
she's very, very, very ambitious. And as you, as we, me and Matt were talking about capital punishment, she made that quote maybe two years in. Yeah. So there was out- outrage about it. Yeah. Outrage. She's now the Home Secretary. My point being, though, she's a massive kind of Margaret Thatcher fan, so she's massively... Oh, she loves Margaret Stay Thatcher. out of your lives, out of your life, keep out of people's lives, unless you're going to kill them. Yeah, and then we're going to kill you. In which case, we're going to kill her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she... Uh, I mean, that is... Uh, it's horrific, frankly, that someone that thinks we should bring back capital punishment is the Home Secretary. Yeah. And I don't agree with Jeremy Corbyn on very much at all, but today, when he finished with the fact that, you know, d- d- does he think it's appropriate for the Home Secretary to back capital punishment, I think that is a point that he's going to have to keep going at, because Pretty Patel is sat there like the cat that got the cream. Yeah. And, um, I mean... I would like to think that she is not sharpening guillotines um, somewhere, but you know what? The way the mad world is at present, I wouldn't be entirely surprised. Who we got next? Uh, Gover. Yeah, he's back. So this is interesting because we were t- we were sort of talking as these as these positions were being announced, yeah. and I sort of thought, oh, that's a that's a bit of a kick in the balls yeah. for Michael Gove. As it turns out, as Boris made clear today, he is going to be in charge of looking after uh, the no-deal planning. Yes, um, which is much more of an important job than it, it is. seemed. Yeah. It is. And, I mean, whatever you think of Michael Gove, um, and Steve will be, you know, it would be far more outspoken about his views of Michael Gove than I am, perhaps, he isn't daft. No, he's very smart, um, And very polite. Very polite. <laughs> Gets you a long way. Um, and... Uh, I mean, there are worse people you could have given that job to. Uh, it's funny, though, considering their history, isn't it? It is. You know, I mean, is he going to turn around and stab him in the back again? Could do. What, not do any planning? Yeah. On October <laughs> the day of... Right, piffle, piffle, piffle. <laughs> That's my Boris again. <laughs> I have to do a little... I'm actually moving about a lot, because he sort of grabs his hair, doesn't he? When he's in a bit of a... Go that, go that, go Where's the planning? We're doing a no-deal, where's the planning? Didn't do any. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Oh dear. Uh, there probably is no planning um, no. That, that could uh, make no deal work. <coughs> um, anything else? What, what, what else do you think about Michael Gove? I think I actually think it's a bit of a shame that he was moved from environment because I think he really liked it, mm. um, and he seemed to be doing some good work um he was quite well respected with kind of various agencies involved in yeah. you know, environmental yeah. things like that yeah. um but you know it's it's no surprise that he wanted to get back kind of right up at the top sure i mean again. i do get a sort of bit of a bit of a running commentary on um farmers because yes, yes, I do. Because where I sit in the office, I'm sat next to a farming correspondent, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he'll say things like, "Oh, I just having my turnip, and I having a chat about Gover, and we like him, <laughs> and things like that." While riding a cow, <laughs> yes, of course, and putting a big spleen in a bap, um, and he, yes, I mean farmers just wanted continuity. I think they um, they feel often that they are. It's one of those jobs that someone does for a year, yeah. and someone else does for a year. Someone and you, and people start putting policies in place that then disappear. Mm. And um, so I think they really would have preferred to to keep uh, Michael Gove. Uh, so yeah, there we go. Who's next? Uh, ben Wallace. Ben Wallace. Defence. 
Yeah, so I don't know a great deal about Ben Wallace. I think he was a big... Uh, he was very close to Nick and Fiona. Yep. Um, but the former ski instructor. Is he? Yeah. Is he a dish? <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> Do you ski? Uh, I have... Um, I have once. I would not say your, that I that your, I ski. And bottom, I've got a text message from Steve. Let's see what it says. Because, <gasps> oh, <laughs> I, of course, <laughs> I, I arranged to ring him at ten two, but of course he's an hour in front. Oh, he's waiting for you. <laughs> well, should we ring him live? Let's ring him. Let's ring him. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Take a pause on the cabinet. <laughs> Let's take a pause on the cabinet and ring Steve Anglesey. Uh, Steve Anglesey, it's Richard Porritt on the New European Podcast. I have no knowledge of you. Is this, are you, is this a, are you going to ask me to talk about an accident that wasn't my fault? <laughs> <laughs> he reclaimed his PPI, Richard. He doesn't need you. <laughs> well, quite funnily, um, and not uh, we, and with total lack of planning, even though you had mentioned to me the time difference, um, I was preparing to ring you in an hour... And me and Jerry are here, and I said, oh, we've got a text message from Steve, and, of course, you are an hour in front. So the, the, there's lots of confusion on my part. Basically, I can't tell the time. No. Um, how, how is your holiday? It's very pleasant. Is it? I'm a very pleasant time. Are you? I've moved through, I moved through uh, customs very easily. I'm, <laughs> we've, we've, in, we've visited, uh, you know, several... European countries painlessly. Yeah. We're in, a, we're in a village where there are, you know, there seems to be quite a few English people enjoying their retirement. All of these problems will be solved by the new government, which would be nice. It would make it all a lot, a lot, of, all these pleasant things a lot, a lot harder. So, yeah. Now I don't want to, I don't want to eat into your wonderful holiday for too long, Steve. So we're, we're actually going through the cabinet as we speak, one by one, and giving our views. So maybe you could just. Give us a general thought of horror, and maybe pick out a few that you're particularly horrified by. Uh, well, what time to be alive? <laughs> or, or dead? <laughs> um, uh, well, so who, who do we want to talk about first? I, I guess first of all, you could talk about people like, well, the the, the, the sort of the, the disappointers. Let's talk about them first. Go on, then. Um, I mean, what on earth is, is Amber Rudd doing in this? Um, I mean, I, you know, I don't think Amber Rudd should... Well, she should have resigned, but, but she resigned for, for over something that wasn't really her fault. She resigned to protect Theresa May. Yeah. Um, uh, and she's obviously decided that um, being in, you know, being in the government is... is well, I, I, I've got no real idea what a tactic here is. Maybe, maybe she thinks she can stop some of the, the, the worst happening maybe she just likes being in government and, and didn't like being out of government yeah 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 Johnson who resigned because of uh, you know the threat of no deal and ostensibly to, to fight a referendum what what on earth he's doing in government well I mean the brothers, his, his brother is the prime minister I guess that's the that's the reason um, Matt Hancock again what is he doing supporting this yeah
promoted. Yeah. Um, and then we move into the, you know, the realms of the discredited and the the useless, you know. So we've got Pretty Patel, Gavin Williamson, Grant Shapps, uh, and now we've got Matthew Elliott as part of Sachi Javid's team. Yeah. Um, you know, Matthew Elliott, who's, who's under police investigation, vote leave under police investigation, we've already got Dominic Cummings, the architect of vote leave. Um, you know, with a, with a, a key role in this. Well, well, I mean, we haven't even... I'll just stop there on, on Dominic Cummings because we haven't even mentioned Dominic Cummings. No, but, I mean, that that's blockbuster, that, isn't it? Dom, Dominic Cummings getting a, a job. I mean, he, he is the lord of all evil. Well, he is, and, it's, you know, it, says, it, it certainly shows you what the pathway is for the next few months, doesn't yeah. what, what Boris Johnson's pathway is, which is to, you know, it seems fairly clear to, to me that is there will be some pretense of negotiation. Yeah. Uh, then there will be, we can't get it done for these reasons, and it's because the EU are terrible. And it's people, the EU's fault, yeah. Then, then there will be, despite Jacob Rees-Mogg saying that, you know, Article 50 can't be, can only be overturned by statute, not by motion. Despite all of that posturing, they will find some way to, to, um, either by a vote of no confidence or, or by um, a, a vote against ruling out no deal or a vote ruling out proroguing parliament to, to create a no deal. Um, and then there'll be a, then there'll be a, a general election, at, you know, at, at which the Conservative Party of Boris Johnson will position themselves as the, you know, the, the forces of no deal. The, he, he, he said it, didn't he, in, in PMQs, that yeah. we're the party of the people, we're the party of the, the people who voted Yeah, I think it's very clear. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, I would, I would be shocked now if we actually get a deal. And, yeah, I, I, sorry. I, I, I mean, I, I, would you be shocked now if we actually get a deal? Is this um, <laughs> could this be any more depressing then? That's like stopping your car by hitting a wall, though, isn't it? Well, it is, yeah. It is. Um, Which I have done. I still, I still have massive doubts about whether the Conservative Party, even in these circumstances, they don't seem to be, you know, gearing up to do a deal with the Brexit Party, do they? They seem to be gearing themselves, putting themselves into the same position as the Brexit Party and yeah. the Brexit Party are irrelevant because we are then the, you know, the Conservative Brexit Party. Yeah, more Brexit than so, the Brexit Party. But, but you know, <clears throat> surely to, to, win, to win an overall majority and to do the things that Boris Johnson wants to do, he is going to have to... Well, he would have to win over Tory Remainers, he would have to win over people from the, you know, the centre who, who traditionally swing between the Lib Dems and the Tories would have big games in Scotland. Can you see them doing any of that 
in a general election. Well, Boris is completely toxic in great swathes of the north and definitely in Scotland, isn't he? No, I can see them. I can see them tying up the, um, you know, the, the putting the Brexit party to bed and tying up that round. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, Okay, listen, Steve, well, we won't keep you any longer because I'm sure you've got more fun things to do with our um, European neighbours rather than chat to us. When are you back? <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> he just put, oh, that, they don't want me anymore, he's so he enough. put the phone down. He's had enough of us. Well, he did tell me the reception wasn't very good. So, well, there we go. So maybe that is one reason to get out of Europe. <laughs> um, where, where were we? Where were we? Uh, we were up to Ben Wallace, weren't we? You asked me if I skied. Ben what? Do you ski? Not very well. Let's ring Steve Angleson. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see if he skis. He was very serious there, wasn't he? I think he's quite down about it. He was texting me last night. Oh, nice. And he's been having a lovely time. And it's, it, I've seen pictures of wonderful architecture. He's very arty, Steve. Yeah. And he's been... There's been graffiti, pictures of architects, like saying art and all these kind of things. Last night he was just like, this is an absolute shit show. <laughs> Yeah, but this Ben Wallace, he's a he's been out of Boris for loads loads of years, basically, isn't he? He's he's his mate. He is. Just texting Steve. <laughs> <laughs> ben Wallace, yes, he's a yeah, he's he's a. I guess I, I I wasn't surprised that he was in there, but I was surprised that perhaps he got something as big as defence. Well, I am because last year he said that No Deal would be a serious risk to public safety. I mean, I imagine now he wishes he hadn't said that. But... There's a lot of people, like Steve was saying, you know, yeah, the yeah. disappointers, as he's yeah. described, which I think sums it up absolutely. Yeah. Um, we are disappointed in these people. These people who actually are Remainers, certainly believe that they were Remainers, and now... Hold my it, nose. Well, it's not... Do you know what? I have some sympathy with that line, the public voted for this and therefore we've got to do it. Um, I do to an extent, not yeah. to the extent of no deal. No, no, absolutely not. I, I, th- I, I mean, you know, Jacob Rees-Mogg said that there should be a vote and then another mm-hmm. vote when there's a deal. Well, even Dominic Cummings said yeah, that there yeah. would probably be another vote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, so I have some sympathy with them in saying, well, we've got to try and try and do it. We've got to try and deliver what the public want because that's what the public want. Simply going, no, I did believe that, but I don't anymore. I'm now a lever, and and even Boris. If you'd have asked Boris, I've got hiccups. If you'd have asked Boris, if you'd have asked Boris, right? This is a mess I'd, today. Well, I'll tell you why I've got hiccups. It's the heat. Because I went out at lunchtime. It's been mentioned to me that I don't drink enough water. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I only drink beer. Yeah. So um, I put my beer down and I went. From the desk. <laughs> yeah, from, <laughs> from my desk. And I went out and I bought a water bottle. Yeah. Because I thought if I had a water bottle, I'd be more likely to drink water. Because yeah. previously I've just been using my hands. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and now I've drunk loads. And it's beer. <laughs> and it's not water. <laughs> and I've got hiccups. But anyway, <clears throat> enough of that. Um, yeah, but I mean, Boris. Boris. If he'd have been asked when he was uh, London Mayor, would it be a good idea to leave you? He would have said no. No, of course. 
I mean, it's a, it's a shed. It's a shit show, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, who's next? Matt Hancock. Yeah, Matt Hancock. keeps his job. Mm. As health. I think he'll be a bit disappointed in that, considering yeah, all the legwork he did. He did, but it is still a big job. Oh, it is. And uh, he... As much he's as young, he is well. one of the disappointers, yeah. he's older than me, you know. Is he? So that means I'm young. I'm not sure if he is, to be honest. I need to Google that while you're talking next. Uh, he, he, yeah, I mean. Steve Barkley kept his job as well, didn't he? He's, he was a keeper too. There are only a few of them. He, he didn't get the boot. That's right. There were there were only. Well, in fact, was there only those two? Potentially, yeah. Who, who kept the same jobs? Mm-hmm. I think there was. Uh, who's next? Andrew Ledsom? Ledsom for business. <laughs> well, she'll be good at that because she is a mother. Yeah, don't you know? <laughs> and mothers like business fits. I guess, and energy and industrial strategies. Sure. Oh, I used to, um, when my children were young, sometimes I used to work nights, so I used to sometimes take them to the toddler groups. I tell you what, that is the most intimidating thing. Yeah. I've been into news conference with Mr Dicker, Never have I been as intimidated as going to a toddler group as a man. <laughs> they re- all of them look at you as if you've like, hired a baby for the day <laughs> and they're either a pervert or a paedophile or both. <laughs> and I'd go up to them and say, Hi, how's everyone doing? How's little Johnny? And they'd just be like blank faces. Like, Why is he talking to me? <laughs> I tried is to... Is that more to do with you than anything else? I don't know. I'd be interested if any other dads out there who... Um, so I just stopped going. Yeah. End. I mean, I'd say that. I told the missus I'd gone, but I didn't really. Into the pub. Good. <laughs> <laughs> With the young end, you know, playground outside. It's fine. Good, good, good. Uh, yes, so, and, but all those mothers were always talking about business energy and industrial strategies, all they talked about. Mm-hmm. I was desperate to talk about which are the best wet wipes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> which nappies are the most absorbent. Uh huh. Uh, what happened on this morning? Yeah, 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 loved that. Did you see? Did you see Lorraine this morning? This, this, I mean, this is... speaking of Lorraine, though. Oh, why? What's she done? Well, her best pal, Esther McVeigh's back, isn't oh, she? Oh, she's back as well. <laughs> she's got. Um, we, this was just a joke, by the way. We weren't being disparaging to him. Oh, no, very... of course not. So, did you see the stick I got on Twitter from the Scottish Liberation Front? No, I didn't. <laughs> because last week I chose Gordon Brown as one of my headline festival... It was just a festival. We, we were just trying to fill air time, guys. And then they said, Eh, you, son, I'm going to get you... <laughs> God, that's going to go down well, isn't it, Richard? You just insulted half of Scotland. Oh, that's what I got on Twitter. Well. My grandfather was Scottish, yes. so I'm allowed to make oh, fun of Scots. <laughs> I'm allowed to make fun of the Scottish people, aren't mm-hmm. I? Yeah. Yeah. This is what I'll say to all of Scotland. It's a beautiful country, a beautiful country, full of great people. I love Glasgow. I love Edinburgh. I love all the green bits in between. I've been to Kilmarnock. I've been to Dundee. I've been to Kakubri. Ever been there? No. I bet you can't spell it either. No. And everyone was always polite, always up for a good party and brilliant accents. I love Scotland, right? So leave me alone, the Scottish Liberation Front. <laughs> I've got to tell you, this feels off-piece today. <laughs> well, it's very it's hot. To our heads. I think it's not the heat, it's the madness of the political week. I think it's a bit of both. Should I do the rest of the pod in a Scottish accent? No. Or do you think that would just make it worse? I think that would make it worse. All right, well, I apologise if I upset anyone last week. Gordon Brown. I'll bump him down the bill next year. Yeah. yeah. Have him as an opener. Uh, Williamson. Wait a minute, Estimate oh. Vian, Minister for State, Housing, yep. Ministry of Housing, Communities yep. and Local Government. 
Yeah. And uh, I can do an impression of her as well if you want. Go on. Oh, no, 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 Esther McVeigh here. <laughs> now, wow. Now I've upset all of Liverpool as well. <laughs> and my editor. <laughs> Sorry, where were you? Gavin, Gavin Williamson. Williamson. Annie Spider. Crows is back. Will he be taking the spider round classrooms? Oh, and like, God. And, like, terrifying school <laughs> children. If you don't get good results, children... <laughs> Cronus will eat you in the night. <laughs> oh dear. I mean, I don't think the education world really knows what to make of this. No. Uh, a lot of the reactions I've seen have kind of been like, oh. Mm. Yeah, well, Gavin Williamson uh, is the Secretary of State for Education. Uh, again, I like Gavin. Yeah. I have no particular reason for liking him. I don't think our politics match up. Um, but I just think he's funny. And uh, so he he gets away with things he probably wouldn't. Well, I mean, arguably me. fewer um, state secrets to leak <clears throat> in education than in yeah. events. And so. most schools these days don't have fireplaces. Nope. So most headmistresses will be safe <laughs> if he comes to visit. Very good, very good. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think... What could possibly go wrong? No. Also, I would think, at the moment, education is probably a little bit... Now, this is the wrong word completely, but maybe a little bit calmer and a little bit sleepier than it might have been yeah. because of all the reforms that Gove did. Yep. Uh, so there have been so many sweeping changes in education. I think it probably just needs someone to steer it in the right direction for yeah. a little bit. Uh, Boris, and I'm sure I'll speak to Mira about this, he's talking a lot about um, parity of education funding, wherever mm-hmm. you are. And I, I mean... Maybe this is a good job for Williamson. Another man who is He's state educated as well, which I do yeah. I do think makes yeah. a difference in that yeah. education. I job. agree. I agree completely. I agree. That's a really good point. Uh, whether Boris thought that, you yeah, never knew. Oh, pull, pebble, pebble, pebble. Uh, Williamson, who's he again? Old oh, Spiderman. Yes, kids like spiders. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad appointment, to be honest. Whilst uh, you're speaking about Boris and children, though, I do have oh, an interesting yeah. anecdote that I heard the yeah, other day. Yeah, yeah. Um, apparently. Boris's first piece of graffiti he did as a child mm. was on the side of kind of like a summer house type thing at his yeah. parents' home, and it was a boo to grown-ups. Oh, yeah. <laughs> boo to grown-ups. I Which think it. probably Nanny would have hated that. phrase nowadays. Boo to grown-ups. I'll tell you what was funny. The, um, when, when Boris had been to the palace and was coming back and all the staffers... Um, all the young staffers <laughs> came out of number 10 to yeah. greet him. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see that, yeah. And right at the front, the camera was panning along for five or ten minutes. Right at the front was a very pretty young lady Yeah. in a mint dress. Yeah. I don't know who she was. If you're listening, lady in mint dress, do get in touch. I'd be interested having you on the pod. You cannot turn this podcast into your personal dating service. <laughs> 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 who needs... What's it called? Like love on the Northern Line or whatever it is. Love on the Northern Line? <laughs> it's not as cool. <laughs> What's what's it what's it what's it called the dating app the big what, Tinder Tinder it's like my own personal Tinder at Porrit lady in mint dress oh, so get in touch uh, no she's far too young for me she you were on platform three I was <laughs> the one with the briefcase you used to do that in the metro yeah that's what I'm talking about yeah oh is that called love on the northern line uh, love it? on the something line one of the lines. Mm. Love on the probably central. Isn't love it? on the bread line. That's probably more like <laughs> you went out with me, mint dress lady. <laughs> um, she, she was stood front and centre, looking all very excited, and then Boris pulls up in his car, and they pan across, and she's gone. Gone. Replaced by. Carrie, <laughs> and they moved her right to the end. I swear to God, she moved right all the 
back. Yeah. Still someone was stood in front of us, you could barely see. And there's Carrie, Boris's other half, of course, um, proudly looking on yep. front and centre. Yep. I wonder if she moved of her own accord or if Carrie went along and said, here, you, pretty girl in mint dress, you stay away from him, all right? <laughs> <laughs> he is my Prime Minister. <laughs> I don't know, but I'd be fascinated to find out. Uh, so, Theresa Villiers. Yeah. Environment, isn't she? Kind of thought we'd... Kind of thought we got rid of her. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure what the Uwara farmers are going to make of Theresa Villiers. No. Uh, If I was to give her a tip, it would be to pretty much take what Gove has already started and just see it through, Mm -hmm. um, because they are keen on some of his his stuff. What will be interesting, Boris twice now has mentioned um, GM crops. Yeah. Um, And as soon as he said it, um, outside number 10, I immediately realised that we were not... We were having no deal because yeah. that would remove us from the from the regulatory alignment yeah, yeah. with the EU. Um, but a lot of farmers will be pleased about that. Yeah, there's yeah, been yeah. a lot of money and research put into it in this country. Indeed. So there will be people who will be clapping that. Um, who's next? Oh, who else have we got? Well, we've got to talk about Liz Truss, haven't we? Truss, yeah, yeah. So she definitely fancied the uh, Chancellor's job, absolutely, and would have loved it. And then I thought she might get business. Business. So it, she, I think it was very. It, I think she was very clear that she would want one of those three, mm-hmm. Chancellor, Business or International Trade. She wanted to take the work she's doing in the Treasury, outside the Treasury perhaps, mm-hmm. uh, or, or c- carry on that work at least. And I guess she gets the chance to do it. And we do know that some of her favourite things, don't we? We know which, about the pork market. Which include the pork market. Cheese. Cheese. Did you know that two-thirds of our cheese is imported a disgrace. That is a disgrace. <laughs> Best political speech I've ever witnessed yeah. in my entire life. People looking at each other going, what? What is going on? And then, uh, uh, to be fair to her, she is aware that she's a terrible public speaker. Yeah. And has sort of played up to it a little bit in yeah. recent years. Yeah, yeah. She still does that weird smile, stop and... That is a disgrace. Stop, smile. <laughs> <laughs> she still does it, but... <coughs> She is brilliant. If you haven't seen the cheese and pork market speech, then you really must. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Truss, I think she'll be I think she'll be pleased with that. Yeah, more Instagramming, I'm sure. Lots of Instagramming. She's a fan of social media. She went on the Tory social media course. Yeah. And usually when you go on these corporate course things, everyone sits there and nods and says, yes, I'll certainly be doing that, yes, yes. And then what's that dog completely forgets mm-hmm. forgets what they've been taught. Not our Trussie. Nope. Not all Lizzie. Nope. She has been on Instagram ever since. Uh, and if you follow her, then I'm, I think even the Tories would probably apologise and tell you to, to stop following <laughs> her. Grant Shapps, why is he back? Oh, I know. Grief. Is it the real Grant Shapps? <laughs> <laughs> or is it someone else? An imposter. <laughs> what do you think about Grant Shapps? Um, I think he's... Well, it was impressive, wasn't it, during the campaign where he predicted the numbers Boris was going to... Win by in the mm. early stages of mm. the of the leadership race, yeah. um, but I don't know. I mean, he's got transport, so he can't do a worse job than Chris Grayling, can he? No, I mean that. Is... But, but simply, you know, there's <laughs> a very low bar there. There, there so... is, there is a very low bar there. But then this is Grant Shapps. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a cursed job, frankly. It isn't. It isn't an easy job because. 
Um, every time someone's train is late, you get a tweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, every time HS2 goes a little bit over budget. Yeah, yeah, or a lot, you get uh-huh. a tweet. Uh, yes, I mean it's it's not it's not a great job. Grant Chaps is very lucky to be back in government. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, but I dare say you won't be there for very long. No. Is there anyone else you want to mention inside the cabinet? Well, Steve mentioned Amber Rudd. Yes. Which was, yeah, a bit of an odd one. It is an odd one. And maybe we, at the same time we should talk about Nicky Morgan. Yeah, exactly. Both, just both a bit of a strange situation. It feels a bit, uh... I think, the thing that, the thing that worries me about it is mm. Boris made a big point I can't remember if it was him saying it directly or his team making it known that he wanted this to be a real, really kind of diverse. Yes, diversity with was women a big deal. And yeah, yeah, yeah. minorities and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And not in any way am I suggesting that Amber Rudd or Nicky Morgan aren't up for those oh, jobs. Like, definitely, and, and some, yeah, and some. But with their Remain credentials, it does feel like that. it concerns me they're there because they're women. And that's not the case. They're absolutely brilliantly talented women who will do those jobs. And yeah, and Amber Rudd was a good Home Secretary, I yeah. think. And we, we, you know, and, and actually, I think we'd make a good Prime Minister. But but I really hope that's why Boris has put them there, not because he wanted to look. I I think he probably needed some more women in his cabinet. So that's the first thing, like you said. I think he also thinks, well, oh, pebble, 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 pebble. Oh, they're Remainers. Oh, get some of those wallies in as well. Yeah. Boo to Remainers. Boo to Remainers. But let them sit in. And I imagine he'll just make snide remarks at them uh, the entire time his cabinet uh, meets each week. Uh, anyone, anyone else? Uh, well, I mean, we've missed a few, but I mean... Um, we have missed a few. Some of them are a bit dull, aren't they? Yeah. Ju- yeah Julian I mean, Smith, Alistair Jack. Yeah, Ron Buckland's been quite welcomed for um, for justice. That's all right. I mean, it's the he's the um, Buckland for justice. First Lord Chancellor in living memory, who's actually been a judge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that 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 does seem like some reasonably sensible appointment. Uh, attending cabinet, but not actually in cabinet. We've yeah. got well, we mentioned Joe Johnson. Yeah. Simply, it's his brother. I think is we mentioned Esther McVeigh. Yeah, got Mark Spencer, Chief Whip. Yeah, uh, what did, what Jeffrey Cox. Think when they were naming Mister and Mrs Spencer, and they thought, what, we, what should we call our son? Mark. Mark Spencer. Yeah. Oh yeah, I never okay. thought that. <laughs> I was thinking of like, uh, what's his face off? Some mothers do have him. No, I see. Mark and Spencer. Yeah. Mark, Mark and Sparks. <laughs> Mark and Sparks. This is not just any parliamentary <laughs> secretary to the Treasury and Chief Whip. This is Marks and Spencer's. Um, of course, uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg was mentioned. Well, yes. So Jacob Rees-Mogg. So Rees-Mogg. There was talk not so long ago that he, you know, he would have a run at being prime minister. Yeah. Leader of the house. Mm-hmm. Big platform for him. Yeah, it is going to be lots of blows with uh, John Burke, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, who else we got? Yeah, Jeffrey Cox says the ten general. That was another one that stayed. Kwasi Kwarteng. Yes, of course. Who um, amusingly apparently oh, they were trying what, to. Oh, 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 what? What are you oh, going to? Oh, 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 which story are you going to tell? The one we have, when I have to cut out, or the one? Uh, no, no, the one you can keep in. <laughs> oh, okay, a few. Apparently, um, did stand down legal <laughs> team. <laughs> Not answer. Have basically turned his phone off all night, yeah, even though Boris is trying to get hold of him to you know give him the job. Um, only went to Downing Street like two minutes to midnight because he'd yeah decided to have a night off, turned his phone off. Wow, <laughs> I wonder what he was up to. I don't know. Mm. Brandon it, Lewis as well in there. Man. Brandon Lewis. Brandon Lewis. I yes. was party chairman, but um, was party chairman. minister. What do what do people um, think of Brandon's uh, of Brandon's chairmanship? 
inside the party, he still seems quite popular. Yeah. And I think people feel that the leadership race was run well from mm. the inside. You know, mm. there are a lot of hustings. It was a lot more open than yes, it's been previously. Yes, yes. Um, they live streamed one of the hustings, which yeah. I think people appreciated. So I think for the members, not that any of the Tory voters would know how to work. Well, no, <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know Tory members did quite appreciate that and seemed to think he did a good job. Yeah, um, he didn't do much wrong, did he? Yeah. Um, as chairman, yeah. I, I, I quite like Brandon. I've yeah. interviewed him a few times. I'm sure you have, and I've, I find him to be to be a pretty decent guy. Uh, yeah. And he, so he stays on. Um, as Minister of State for Security, uh, so he'll be working with. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> he has to work with Priti Patel. He does. Good luck with that, Brandon. Bring, bring the brains. <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, final thoughts on what has been a fairly bonkers week, really, Jerry. Is, uh, have you managed to catch your breath yet? Or mm, vaguely? I think my favourite part of this week was just after. Boris won, and there was that 1922 committee yeah. meeting. Yeah. And um, <laughs> an MP that I know quite well, because it's my part of the world, but yeah. who's not really known to much of the outside world, Keith no. Simpson. Yeah, he's a star. He's, he's a Tory grandee, I'd call him. Yeah, right? absolutely. He's been an MP for 22 years, and for those whole 22 years, always voted with the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up until last week, to yeah. stop Boris being able to yeah. parole Parliament, basically. Yeah. Um, but he walked out of the 1922 after just a couple of questions um, the other day, and as he left, he said the room was full of ambitious little shits with smiles on their faces. Yeah, yeah. Which, which pretty much sums it up, really. Keith, uh, Keith's a, a good guy. Keith was, um, there was a, sh- I've told you this before, but um, Keith was on the infamous show, uh, Channel 4 show. He's a historian yes. as well. And he was. And his star reading list is very well regarded as yes, well. Yes, yes. He's a really smashing chap, actually. Yeah. And he, uh, he was on. Um, After Dark, I think it was called, mm-hmm. which is a Channel 4 discussion programme where they would usually get a celeb and some academics and they would all have a, a chat. And he was on the very famous edition where Oliver Reed was on mm-hmm. and Oliver Reed had perhaps had a few drinks, <laughs> as Ollie Reed tended to, and went completely insane and bonkers. And it is both sad and, and quite funny at the same time but Keith's face throughout is very funny Yeah. Um, and he told me about it and he, he, he said um, I wasn't sure what to do really whether to say oh, stop being so silly man or or just sit there and wait and see what happens <laughs> it's, too, it's difficult when it, trying to deal with a drunk is difficult you don't know if they're going to kiss you or punch no. you do they especially when you're on telly especially when you're on telly um, YouTube that if, uh, if you haven't seen it before my I think my Final thoughts are that this is a cabinet that is, like Steve said, absolutely gearing up for a no-deal Brexit. There is going to be no real effort to um, to get a to get a deal. I think Boris has realised that it is too hard. All this stuff about um, oh piffle, I want to deal more than the next man. Um, I just don't think that's true anymore. He's realised that. No one's going to get a deal within the time frame. It's completely ludicrous to think that in the next 97 or whatever days we're going to get a, a deal um, that is any different from the one we've already got. Mm-hmm. You were saying we're not going to get any, a, a different deal. Boris Johnson knows that he's certainly not the man for that. Nope. So it's, you know, over the top, boys. Here we go. And he wants to be, you know, he he wants to be remembered as the man who delivered Brexit. Yes. And he will know full well that... In the year, two years afterwards, we will probably have a recession. Yeah. That things will be tough. And he, though, will be thinking that in five years, in ten years, people will go, Boris Johnson was the man who delivered Brexit. 
and that will be his legacy. Good or bad? Brr, Piddle, you found me out! Ah, boo to porridge! Hello, I'm Matt Kelly, and I'm the editor of The New European, the newspaper that brings you this podcast. Every week, The New European is committed to providing in-depth reports and analysis about the progress and implications of Brexit. We also celebrate Europe in our great cultural and arts section, Europhile. And we do it uniquely from a Remainer perspective. We think we are making a difference. We think it's important that there's a voice balancing, even if only in a small way, the dominant right-wing media voices that prevailed before and since the referendum. If you think what we're doing is important, you can help us. The best way to help us is by subscribing. Just now, there's a special offer. You get 13 issues for just £13. That's a heavy discount from the £3 an issue retail price point. And if you subscribe now, you also get a free Bollocks to Brexit mug. It's very easy. All you have to do is go onto your search engine and put in New European Subscription and you'll find the link. Thank you for your support and I hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome back. I'm joined by Mia. We're going to be chatting in a second about non-Brexit related things, but something very special. We're going to reprise something that you guys really love, which was Colonel Kurtz's book review. Now, previously, Colonel Kurtz reviewed, I think, Bridget Jones or something like that. And Colonel Kurtz is actually in the studio with us now. And she spent the last four or five weeks reading The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt, which is a wonderful book, in my opinion. And she's now going to give you her book review. Colonel Kurtz, what did you think? The book's too heavy. Right. OK, that was Colonel Kurtz's book review. Mia, um, have you read Donna Tartt's The Goldfinch? No. No, it is, it is a heavy book, to be fair. Um, it for you. Yeah, it's, uh, read it. Maybe you could do a better job than Colonel Kurtz. Um, we've gone through... Uh, just before we start, actually, we've gone through the um, the cabinet. What, stu- what stood out for you? In the cabinet? Yeah. Um, I think seeing people like Priti Patel get yeah. such a top job <sighs> is pretty galling. Um particularly how much she defended him after the after the police visit and just how disingenuous that was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good point. We were, we were talking about guillotines, but yes, you were absolutely right. That is uh, quite something, isn't it? And Dominic Raab, oh, scary, isn't it? Yeah. Um, th- those two were the ones that really made me concerned. Um, but, yeah. I, just quickly, th- this is a cabinet, do you believe, built for no deal and nothing else? Yeah, completely. I think this is... It's about no deal, but I think it's also about um, preventing any form of dissent. Um, I, I sense that Boris Johnson might be quite thin-skinned, and to just lock it all in, all the agreement in from the beginning, with whatever he does on Brexit, is going to make it a lot easier. You know, no attempt to bridge divides, no no attempt to have any kind of sort of ideological diversity on this. Um, I think that's mainly his plan. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've nailed it. Um, certainly better than me and Jerry did for the last 50 minutes. Hopefully people have just forward, fast-forwarded all that, come straight to your bit, <laughs> worry about the last 50 minutes. Uh, so we were going to talk about some things that were perhaps not uh, not Brexity, mm-hmm. which is weird for a Brexit podcast, but uh, nonetheless, um, obviously the, the very uppermost thing on everyone's mind is October the 31st and and its aftermath. But there are some other things that he's mentioned, some policy. I mean, Jay was quite surprised that there was quite a lot of policy in the speech on Downing Street, actually, and it did sort of did resonate with me as well. And some stuff that he mentioned in 
in, in Parliament afterwards as well. What sort of stood out for you? Um, I think what for me is standing out is essentially his love of shiny product uh, pro- products projects. Yeah. Um, things that and probably of, shiny uh, products as well. Actually, <laughs> I imagine yes. he likes to shiny things. You know, buses, zip wires, um, bridges, yeah. this kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's that, that version of that, but like on a national Bigger. level, that yeah. he can, level that he can um, take care of. So you know, it's interesting. He's reviewing HS two, mm. but isn't necessarily scrapping it. And I have a feeling that if it was, if it has been in his lap in the first place, he'd yeah. been all for it. Yeah, absolutely. Just that kind I of agree. project. Yeah. Um, Fibre broadband, very oddly, keeps getting mentioned. I mean, great, but, you know, gets mentioned sort of disproportionately. What's the difference between fibre broadband and non-fibre? I really don't know. I've no idea. I presume it means it's faster. He could have said it was made out of, you know, thread. (laughs) Just made something up. Well, he's probably probably got no idea either, has he? I presume it means young people can download Love Island quicker. Yes, maybe maybe that's his bid for the youth vote. (laughs) If he'd have said that... Oh, piffle, piffle, Love Island. <laughs> he hasn't yet said, oh, the weather's better under Johnson, has he? He's not no, you <laughs> should have tried it. You should have done it. It would have been... Uh... <laughs> it would have been the obvious gag. Yeah. Um, OK. Uh, what else, then? Um, what else is coming... Well, yeah, another shiny project, um, Freeports. Um, yeah, tell yeah. me a bit more about that, then. Well, I'm, I'm cribbing nearly everything I know about it from a great piece that the New European published in the print uh, edition last week. Uh, who um, wrote that? Suna Erdem. Oh, yeah, Suna, yeah, yeah. Um, and she, um, she was, you know, it's, it's a project that has got quite a lot of backers, actually, mm-hmm. and has done for a long time. Um, essentially, these zones of sort of intensity regulation, um, places that are exempt from customs duties in ports around the country. He wants about six of them. Um, and the argument is that it'll do all kinds of stuff for the north, especially around Teesside and Hull and Hartlepool. Yeah, needs it. Um, yeah, well, that's the idea. The idea is that it'll bring out lots of manufacturing investments mm-hmm. and loads of jobs. There's sort of crazy numbers on jobs being mentioned, I think. Um, Adem so, says 86,000. Wow. Someone else said uh, about 150,000. And Boris said a billion! <laughs> a Billion jobs. Um, I guess. Um, yeah, but these jobs. I mean, who's you know what? What they're actually going to get paid? When I mean, you look at the most successful free ports, pretty exploitative zones. <laughs> Three billion jobs. Uh, minimum wage. Um, yeah, I. I mean, there's an interesting thing that we need to unravel on this. Is I mean. It, is austerity now definitely over if Boris is in charge? <laughs> I mean, I'm all for spend and borrow, you know, Keynesian economics, but that's, they're going to cost a lot of money to build, are they? Or, I mean, is he, is he looking to make things regulation looser so that he can, we can get private money to do it? I mean, who's, who's paying for this? Yeah, that's my guess. So much like the um, Hinkley Point and Sizewell Sea, I guess, where uh, the government would... Uh, it, do whatever it can to make it easier for investment for there's a nuclear sites. Mm. Um, okay, free ports. But um, sounds like sounds like, uh, like um, I'm sure there's a free port in. Where is it? Is it in Osset or Wakefield or something like that? Is it a de- it's like a designer outlet? Zone or port? No, this what is a factory offcut shop where you get clothes <laughs> cheaper. I'm sure that's called Freeport. Don't <laughs> is that what he means? He probably does. <laughs> he thinks it's one of these like Nike seconds. <laughs> I bet he does. Like, what ships? No. 
Yeah, they're they're off like in like industrial estates, and you go in and and you get designer labels, but you get them cheap because it's like last seasons. Mm. I reckon he's thinking that he's going to go and get a Ralph Lauren towel at thirty three percent off, Freeport for Hartlepool. Well, we do have one in the Isle of Man. Um, An actual Freeport or a designer or a outlet? Zone, I couldn't tell. You. <laughs> so, but what? So, what, so there's a, there are cust, there are differences on customs rules then. At these, I mean, I don't really understand. Um, essentially, there's are there ex, usually exempt from customs duties and right. inspections. So, who owns the stuff that goes in there can often get a little bit. You know, it's a bit like well, isn't every drug dealer in the world bringing their drugs to a Freeport? Yeah, no, I mean, one of one of the sort of uh, the big frauds that can happen by these places is art fraud. Ooh. So essentially you get artworks that are, you know, these big blue chip artists that sell for millions that uh-huh. get bought, um, but essentially a sort of money laundering process where the, the artwork itself never leaves the port ever. Wow. It just changes hands within storage. So, I mean, art lovers aside, you know, they themselves would be very unhappy that these works aren't getting seen, but also... So they're just in boxes. Is Is there any examples of any art that is in a box in a free port? I don't know specific ones, but it'll be your big... That is a fascinating story. You need to get on that. Well, sooner I did, I actually did, so I can't... uh, Well, you can't nick it then. We'll leave it a year and do it again. That tends to be what we do in journalism. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's fascinating. I am interested in in that, that art link. Um... Freeports would have to have lots of fraud. We have lots of fraud. What else are we going to have? Oh, that. Um, well, what I think he thinks it's going to have is pirates. That's another reason pirates. Why I think he'd like it because it's got. That I'm telling you now, thing, Boris is. You know. he, <laughs> <laughs> Boris go pirate, pirates. Oh yes, definitely like pirates. Yes. Yeah, completely. So, so <laughs> the future of Great Britain is pirates in the northeast. <laughs> <laughs> dressed in Ralph Lauren, <laughs> slight, you know, slight with mismatch. Yeah, with the tags still on. Uh, well, I mean, Hull sounds brilliant in the future. Um, a lot of people say there are already quite a lot of pirates in Hull, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else has he been banging on about? Um, well, he's talked about putting education spending up. Um, so this is parity. Yeah, we talk about parity, isn't he, on spend for all different parts of the country. I think some education spending is different in some states. Yeah, are, some places are getting less than others in yeah. some schools. But um, someone has pointed out in the mirror that about three quarters of all schools are already at this kind of ideal spending of five thousand pounds. Yes. Yes, that's right. That's um, that's about how much it is. Yeah. So it's only going to cost about fifty million to. Uh, to bring all the schools up to that. It's actually a really cheap way of sounding yeah. quite good. And of it course, is, it you know. is good good headline, though, isn't it? Yeah, very nice. Boris. Um, Boris loves children. Boris loves pirates. Boris lo- Free pirates for all under Boris. Chil- children love Boris. Boris loves children. OK, good. I'm trying actually, to get some campaign I, I slogans. I cannot tell you the background to this, but I think uh, my colleague, John O'Reid, mm-hmm. was saying that... Children, children don't children. like Boris. No, children do. They they voted for him somehow. Children <laughs> voted for Boris. Has John been drinking? He's off work this week, isn't he, John? Did you meet him in the pub or something? <laughs> children <laughs> vote for children vote for Boris. <laughs> I've no well, idea of it. Well, we'll get maybe we'll get John on like next week. TV he looks like um, he does look like a children's t- uh, a children's character. I can't remember which one it is now with the. Uh, Probably with the hair. Yeah, I can't think. But there is a children's character that looks like Boris. Perhaps if you know who the children's character is that looks like Boris, then t- tweet us. Send us a 
picture on Twitter, that'd be funny yeah. for all of a second. But, I mean, this is why, you know, children should be banned. Children should be banned, and then there would be no Boris. Yeah. Ban children, ban Boris. OK, it's an interesting slogan. What else? Uh, well, actually, what else you got for me? Not so much on policy, but just this broader take on optimism. Um, yeah. I'm suspicious of. Obviously, it is. You know, it's been the point's been made many times that being optimistic isn't going to change the facts, or uh, you know, and the, the position we're in in any sense. You know, and that that's well, that's why the new European exists. Absolutely. To be miserable and negative. Yes. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's more. To, well, I think that when he, you know, when he gave that speech, you realise that optimism he's sort of banging on about is actually a very sort of negative position in the sense that it's not just talking about how wonderful everything is because there isn't really a set of positives he can really lean on factually at all. What he's really doing with this notion of optimism is um, producing a common enemy out of anybody with a, you know, a. With you know who who has any sort of who will question the facts in any way, and I actually think that's quite quite dangerous and you know awful. So you know that's why his speech began super early on with what mm. was it the doubters, mm. the, 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 the gloomsters, I think he called us, didn't he? Or, yeah, I mean that was. I um, mean, right. I've got two views on this. I think you make some really good points. Hmm. I think it is it is nice. To hear not Boris, but it is nice to hear politicians go. Do you know what we can do this? Mm. I'm not talking about Brexit particularly here, but we can do this. We can, and, you know, and as a leaders need to do that sometimes. They need to convince people to, that, that something that seems unlikely might happen mm. in order to to get something out of them. You know, um, this is going to be great. Come on, everyone! A sort of football captain, G and his team will put three nil down at half time. You yeah. know. There'd be no point in him going, forget it, we might as well just go home, lads, you That's know. That's going to be really hard, yeah. Yeah, so, so is, but those speeches are dead easy to write. <laughs> those speeches are the easy ones. What, the ones where everyone goes, yes, we can. Yeah, exactly, yeah, the, the Obama speech, you know, yeah. from from a position where everything's a bit... Uh, and so Boris, in the last two days, I mean, absolutely, on purpose, went for, has gone for that, you know, we, let's be optimistic, Britain can be great again kind of thing. I mean, mm. that's how election... It feels like a start of an election campaign, frankly. Elections, yeah. I always say, are won and lost on hope and fear. And you pick a side, you know. And and on this occasion, well, we've seen with Trump, we saw it with Obama, we saw it with Leave. They all had hope. Yeah. They had the hope. And that is and that has been the, tri- the, the, the one that triumphed. And he's saying to people, hope is enough. Hope is enough. I mean, that's utter nonsense. Hope alone. I mean, I hope that every day I'll get home and there'll be a letter saying you've won a million pounds. Never has it happened. I'm still going to carry on hoping. And I also hope, with the Brexiteers, I hope, I hope, I hope... But I think people think we sit here and are hoping for things to be an absolute catastrophe. No, I really want it. I desperately want it to go. I mean, I I absolutely hope it goes swimmingly. And I want to be proved wrong. I really do. But my concern is it's not even Brexit, really. I've sort of come to terms with that. My my fear is that we're not not just not listening. There is a problem... So let's so- try and solve it. Mm. But what we're actually doing is putting our fingers in our eyes and going, la, 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 I hope it'll be fine. Well, not only that, but actually turning the people who would bring those, you know, bring those practical issues to the fore and actually say, OK, this is this is what your hopefulness will have to deal with, mm. um, and turning them into 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 enemies. I and just... and, and or, or something <clears throat> we don't exist, of course, which is even worse. Yeah. 
I so think, I think it's it is it is a it's a very combative and negative way to be yeah. sounds ridiculous. I do agree no, with I you agree. in that it's electorally brilliant. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, oh, it's potentially. A great strategy. And, you know, I, I think it's the only. I'd want to be on the side that could do that. You yeah, know? but then, and this is why I think he's going to have to call a general election quickly. And I'll get your thoughts on that in a sec. But because that hope is not going to last very long. By by beginning a quarter two next year, if we're in in a recession, and the queues at the food banks are mounting up and. Mm. It's difficult to carry that hope through when you're queuing up for a loaf of bread um, that you can't afford to actually buy. Mm, unless you can blame the EU somehow for making that loaf of bread really expensive, which that argument has already been played many, many times. Well, you aren't giving us what we want. Uh, you are punishing us. And again, Boris, so Boris has sa- said, didn't he? In, Boris said in Parliament today, he said, uh, sorry, um, when he spoke in Parliament, he said, hmm. I, I, want a, I want a deal. But if we don't get one, basically, it'll be the EU's fault. Yeah, this has been said many times, and a lot of people are taking it on and, and, and you know, enjoying it. Basically. They're not preparing for a deal. They are pre- happily driving us off that cliff. Mm. Uh, anything else you'd like to mention on Boris Johnson's first few days as Prime Minister? Oh. <laughs> I can't. I'm pretty exhausted Yes, by it I can imagine. Me too, me too. Absolute pleasure having you on, as always. I'm sure we'll speak again soon, and we'll get we'll get on to Jono about his 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 theory about why Boris won the Tory election. The children, he got the children's vote. That was the New European podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Steve's back next week. So you, you've been lumbered with me for a few weeks now, but hopefully, the quality of this podcast will improve next week when Steve returns. I hope he's back. He put the phone down on us earlier, didn't he? If you haven't already, go and buy the newspaper. It's £3. It is packed full of Boris, of Brexit, of politics. But there is some more fun things in there as well. Lots of art, lots of culture, lots of great writing. We will return next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, play your bagpipes. Here you go.